0: you are listening to From Where I Stand a podcast produced by St. Charles Barmeo Church Montgomery Township New Jersey For some it's standing on a subway platform for others standing in line at the supermarket checkout It can be on the best day you've ever had or the worst moment of your life or just standing somewhere anywhere on an ordinary wednesday it's the moment when you realize you are being called to some new choice to use your life in some new way here at saint charles we know god calls us and it's not just at a certain age or stage of life sometimes in the most ordinary moment we see life our life In a different way. And for most, it doesn't happen in church or a religious event. Here each week, we'll share the story of someone who has experienced that call. Their life might be just like yours, or nothing like it. But as you listen, you might find yourself realizing, I've been called too, from where I stand. My name
1: is Maria Lobiondo, and welcome to the From Where I Stand podcast. My guest today is Alex Advani, and he is here to share his story about how he felt called to become a full member of the Catholic Church through the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, or RCIA. Thank you, Alex, for taking the time to be with us today.
2: Not a problem. I'm happy to be here and um, speak with my experience and, and everything that I've been through in regards to RCIA, and um, how it came about and how it's taken me to where I am today and how the church has just helped me better myself as a person. And um, I like to think better of those people around me, too. So, uh, you know, all, all uh, in good ways.
1: Excellent. Well, to start, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, I'm 21 years old. I'm a sophomore here at the College of New Jersey. Um, throughout my life, there's been some some bumps and some turns. Of course, uh, I graduated high school, or I graduated Montgomery High School in 2018. From there, I went to the University of Alabama for a little bit. Quickly decided it wasn't for me. I returned home. And I completed my second semester of freshman year at Raritan Valley Community College, where I found I did a lot better than I thought I would. And and my academics actually skyrocketed for some reason. And then after that, I took a gap year and joined the military. So I'm now in the reserves for the United States Marine Corps. Uh, It was just kind of a lifelong goal of mine to do and be a part of. So I took the opportunity when I saw it and um, enjoyed it ever since. And then at this point, I am... Like I said, a sophomore here at the College of New Jersey, and I uh, love every second of it.
1: That sounds wonderful. Tell us about your experience with youth ministry. How did you come to be part of youth ministry?
2: Youth ministry was the beginning of it all. And I actually remember the day, uh, Sid, one of my good friends who I still speak to pretty frequently today. Uh, my father had passed away when I was 14 years old. And prior to that, I'd never really thought much about youth group or um, just being a part of the church in at all, really. I remember a couple of my friends, I'd hear hear it here and there. Uh, Oh, we're going to youth group today, all that kind of stuff. So Sid actually brought it to my attention that there was a GLOW meeting. So GLOW was this grieving loss with others. And the Demiglios, Jesse and Michaela were a huge part of it. Uh, So that was the first meeting that I went to. And I went into it thinking like, oh, like this isn't going to be for me. I'm probably not going to like it. Um, Maybe I'll just sit there. I won't even speak. I'll just listen and, and hear what other people have to say. Um, turns out that it was probably one of the best days of my life, to be honest with you. Um, it really took a turn for the better and, and set me on a path to where I was able to take my, my hardship and, and help others. So I was able to turn a horrible thing that had happened to me into something that could help other people. And in my eyes, that was, that's the best thing you can do with the hardship, um, so that definitely made me realize how much opportunity there was in youth group and how much opportunity and, and ways there were to better myself throughout just the church as a whole.
1: Wonderful. And, and then uh, tell us a little bit more about some of the experiences you had in youth group.
2: Sure. So um, I ended up really, <clears throat> really indulging in youth group. I remember we were there multiple times a week for, for a solid amount of time. I ended up taking a leadership position, uh, I believe it was my s- m- senior year of high school. Uh, I ended up running GLOW, uh, which mm-hmm. from the beginning had always been a goal of mine. And, and I loved, like I said, being able to help people who were going through hardships that I could relate to and, and just help them through. Uh, it was definitely, it just made me feel a certain way about myself and that I was able to help people. And I just, I love helping people. Along with glow and being a part of youth group, we also did plenty of mission trips. So our first one, the first one that I that really spoke to me was our trip to West Virginia. Uh, Not only did our group as a whole get super close and tight knit, uh, but it was when Chris Small brought up the idea of of becoming part of the church and actually going out of the proper way through our CIA, Um, and I had spent so much time there and, and done so much for the church and within the church that I said, why not take this final last step and actually become a part of this Catholic community?
1: Wow. So what part of the RCIA process made the biggest impact on you, Alex?
2: Um, honestly, the I loved how it was just, we had this small group, but we got to know each other really small and just on this great, like personal level. I mean, uh, we'd go out to dinner once a week or every other week or what's not and just, just get to know each other. I was uh, really, really brought into all these readings and, and passages from that Monsignor would read that really spoke to me. Um, definitely did some reading and some dug deeper into the meaning of what it means to be a Catholic and and that aspect of things that I didn't really fully, I guess, understand while I was kind of just going to church here and there and, and really doing this youth group stuff, um, the the meaning and history behind what it means to be a Catholic and the community that is uh, so great.
1: So it sounds like it really, the small group and um, doing the readings really helped deepen the process for you.
2: Yes, exactly. Yes. That's a great way to put it. It was um, the depth of it was, it was fantastic. I knew, I never really thought I would get to know Monsignor on a, on a personal level like I did and uh, just learning about his life and why he chose to do what he did was super influential. And, you know, if I can amount to be just half the guy that he is, and if this, this path helped him, it, it can help anybody.
1: One of the things that comes to mind for me though, is how, ha- how did others respond to your choice? You know, did you meet resistance or have you, cr- did you create new relationships
2: sure so my mother um she went to catholic school pretty much her entire life so as a young younger kid uh, going to church on christmas and on easter was kind of just like a oh like do we really have to go like i'd rather stay home and just play with my new toys um so it was definitely welcomed in the aspect where my mom would she she loved the fact that i was finally going to go through with it um for resistance i i don't think that anybody or i met any real resistance um i loved being at the church i never turned down volunteer opportunities unless i was actually had something uh to do instead um my grandmother was very very thrilled that i decided to do this as well she's oh my god admit made, it made her day <laughs> the, the day she found out it, she loved it uh taking my mother it definitely brought her back to the days of taking my mom back to church and watching her almost go through the same process i guess uh so in that aspect, I I kind of did it not to make other people happy, obviously make myself happy as well. But it it I met no restraint. There was nothing saying, "Wow, like you shouldn't do this." There was no red flags along the way. Everything kind of pointed into the direction as to this is this is not gonna this is this will do nothing but but help you out in the future and just make you a happier and more more uh, whole person.
1: Hmm. What do you remember about the actual experience of receiving the sacraments at Easter at the vigil mass?
2: Uh, <laughs> that was a great day. Um, it was kind of just this this big build up. So you know, we'd go for meeting once a week, once a week, once a week. All this talk about, oh my goodness, the Easter vigil is is, is such a great time. We do such a great job, and I'd never even I've never even been to the Easter vigil. Um, and it was kind of just like it, it's tough to put into words emotions were just so I guess I guess overwhelming. Um you know, I the, the one thing that really stood out to me was when uh Monsignor called up everybody who had been brought into the church on the Easter vigil and they stood and, and put their hand on everybody's shoulder and all walked up to the altar and uh just to see this backing behind you of all these people who now, you know, you're a part of and, and have your back and share the same faith as you. And, uh, you can just always have people to turn to. I think that's the biggest part that spoke to me. Um, yeah, I, that was just the one thing that jumps out of my mind when you say that, um, that used to ritual.
1: And the way you described it just now made such an image in my mind of, of you standing there and everyone with their hand on your, you know, reaching back.
2: Yeah. It was very funny. Cause I was expecting like, you know, like three or four people to come up to the, to the altar and, And kind of hang out up there for a little bit, and they just like people just kept coming up. I was was caught in awe. I was like, "All right, it's been like twenty minutes. Are we gonna move on, or are we still doing this?" (laughs) Wow! But that was incredible. Yes.
1: So, Alex do do you sense a relationship between your calling and how you connect to the world now, and what you are hoping for in the future?
2: Absolutely. I think I discovered my calling, uh, through helping other people, um, whether that was glow or just a a basic day in youth group, somebody having a bad day, you know, just kind of brightening their day through just like games and the barbecues we'd have after church and the bonfires and whatnot. Um, and then also community service. I mean, I always just found myself the happiest and, and closest to, I guess, seeing God and, um, in the ways that I was able to help a community or an individual.
1: So um, before we end this conversation, Alex, do you have any parting words that you'd like to leave for our mm-hmm. listeners?
2: Um, I would definitely say that, you know, just a smile or a how's your day going is always been a key for me. Um you never know what anybody's going through. Uh, people are really good at putting up fronts and, and putting on this really great, happy face, but deep down, you know, they're kind of hurting about something. Everybody's going through something that nobody knows about. And, uh, just a simple, Hey, how you doing? Can make, can mean the most to somebody. And that's, that's kind of what's spoken to me too, is when we were in these, these places like West Virginia, who they didn't have to, too much or even Guatemala where we were building schools out of water bottles. Uh, not speaking the language and just smiling at somebody just as the response to that, just, you can tell just means the world to them.
1: Thank you, Alex. Our guest has been Alex Advani, who has kindly shared his story about his journey with RCIA. Join us next time when we hear how others share their story about finding their calling. Thanks for listening to from where
0: I stand. The C3 Project, Creating a Culture of Calling, is a multi-denominational initiative sponsored by Vibrant Faith and funded by the Lilly Endowment. If you would like to learn more, go to www.barameo.org and click on the C3 Project tab.